listening to episode 28 of the Senior Style Guide Real Talk podcast. I'm your host, Sean Brown, and today we have Meredith Gradle joining us from Irisworks. And Irisworks, if you haven't heard about it or had a chance to check it out, is one of my go-tos and my life-saving tools that I use in photography. It is a studio management system that was really created out of necessity, where Meredith used to be a photographer, and she saw a need in her own photography business and decided to do something about it. And thus, Iris was born. What she really created was a system that was easy to use, but kept photographers organized because there are so many systems out there that have a ton of different bells and whistles when really we're just looking for a system that does a few of them and keeps us organized. And Meredith was able to do that. So not only does Irisworks have an amazing team behind them. They also have an incredible tool that's easy to use, uh, something that I use in my business and I literally couldn't do what I do without them or otherwise, I mean, I could, I would just go crazy and nobody has time for that. So Irisworks has been a lifesaver and I'm super excited to dive into this episode and, and talk to Meredith about how she created Iris and, and the challenges around that and figuring out what it is that you can be doing to streamline your workflow and keep your sanity. So thank you for joining us for episode 28 of the Senior Style Guide Real Talk podcast with Meredith Gradle of Irisworks. Hey everyone, welcome back on this Monday morning to another Senior Style Guide Real Talk podcast. Today, I am your host, Sean Brown, and I'm so excited to have none other than the incredible Meredith Gradle from Iris Works. Meredith is based out of Indianapolis, Indiana. Uh, she started Iris about five years ago. And if you guys are not familiar with Iris, you guys are just making your life a little bit harder. Iris is uh, kind of that all-inclusive, comprehensive CRM or client customer relations management software that Meredith started and has honestly saved my life um, being super busy. And then I know it saved a ton of other photographers lives. So we're super, super stoked to have Meredith on here to kind of give her story and, you know, just talk about her life and her experiences with Iris and, uh, how it's helped her. And then also, you know, dive into a little bit of the nitty gritty of, of what it's like to be a mom and a uh, business owner and all that stuff. So welcome to real talk. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. It'll be fun. So um, for those who are watching on YouTube or the listening on the podcast who might not know who you are, give us that short rundown about who, who Meredith Gradle is, what do you do, all that jazz. Okay. So uh, I am a mom, like you said. So I have two little ones, a seven and five-year-old, um, who keep me plenty busy as it is. So I've got those two. I've uh, been married for... Let me make sure I get it right. It'll be 12 years this fall. Um, usually I feel like it should be the guy who doesn't remember that, but it's, it'll be 12 years this fall. That's correct. Um, and former life, uh, many years ago when I, I got out of school, I worked for a hospital system actually here in Indy. And um, I was not at all in healthcare, like pay, direct patient care, I guess. But what I was doing was all administration work. So I did recruiting, I did compensation. And then my last role that I had there was process improvements. So I was, you know, working with the technology department that we had to try to figure out how can we do things more efficiently. Um, but during that time, I picked up a camera 
uh, took some classes and learned, you know, photography. So I was self-taught photographer. Um, I did mostly portraits, families, newborns, um, which I don't miss. Uh, they're very time consuming and hard work. Um, and, and so I picked that up and I was just doing that kind of part time while I was still working at the hospital. Um, after my daughter was born, I said, okay, I don't want to work at this hospital anymore. This is not my passion. And I took photography full time. So that was back in 2012, kind of went all in on the business there. Um, and then a couple years later, my son was born and I realized that, okay, I love working, but I don't like working weekends, um, and evenings. And that was kind of at that point, you know, when you have a family, my husband was working Monday through Friday, daytime hours, and I was working evenings and weekends, um, you know, second shooting weddings or family sessions. And we just kind of said, Hey, this isn't, this isn't really going to work now that we're starting, you know, growing our family and things like that. Um, so I started to kind of scale back a little bit, but I realized um, I kind of had this crazy uh, client situation that made me realize that I really wasn't doing a good job of managing my business as it was. Um, and so that sparked the whole idea of, all right, well, how can I streamline this? How can I make myself more efficient so that I have more family time um, and can still you know, do what I really enjoy doing. So I could be a mom, but also still continue working in some capacity. And that kind of snowballed. And then Iris was created about a year after the initial idea started. Super cool. Um, and then tell us what Iris is just, you know, I, I'm a user. I don't know if everybody knows exactly what even a, you know, a client relation management software is or a CRM. So kind of what is Iris? What does it do? Kind of what was it built for? Yeah, so Iris was really built to help photographers manage everything outside of taking the photos, editing, and, you know, sharing images, right? So that's kind of what, when you, especially when new people get into photography, they don't necessarily realize how much work is involved mm -hmm. on the client side, the contracting, the invoicing, and managing all of those components while still spending as much time as possible behind the camera or, you know, acquiring new clients and things like that. So Iris is really created to help you streamline your business, um, you know, keep those clients organized, make sure that you're covering uh, all of your bases when it comes to contracts and, and make sure you're getting paid and all of that stuff. So um, Iris is really a super simple CRM, which is the common term. Um, sometimes you'll hear it called studio management system as well. So it's meant to manage all of those components outside of actually taking the images. So think of things like all of those emails that you're sending to your clients with questionnaires, contracts, invoicing, online booking, all wrapped into one simple system. Um, and our biggest the biggest thing that we focused on, especially when we launched and we continue to do, is just keeping things super simple. Um, artists, photographers, we're creatives, and a lot of times technology can be super overwhelming and scary. And so we tried um, and continue to focus on keeping everything easy, straightforward, um, not complicated, but still providing the value that photographers need. Exactly. So it's really yeah. just stuff that every photographer is doing over and over for each client, which you guys call workflows. 
Exactly. Yeah. So a lot of, a, you know, a big goal is to try to take as much work off of your plate as possible, especially with those repeat tasks. So you're sending the same questionnaire, the same kind of messaging to your clients over and over again. And so exactly what we have is called a workflow. And you're able to say, every time I book a senior, here's the things that need to happen. And then Iris can actually handle it for you. I love it. Yeah. And it's, like I said, it saved my life. And I love how it's customizable too, where you can literally input it's everything from client names if you need to change up the message say they asked a specific question upon inquiry all that stuff which is super helpful and it's like especially where i'm gone so much or on the road and it's like a time saver so thank you for that oh i'm so glad you like it (laughs) um so okay let's dive into how you got started with photography you just one day you're like let's go to the best buy and pick up whatever (laughs) camera has the the best looking box or whatever. How did that come about? So it was funny. Uh, This was way, uh, I don't even know if we were married yet. Um, My husband, Drew, he is a cyclist. So he would do these races where he's, you know, um, professional. I don't know if that's right, right term, but you know, so he'd be doing these cycling races and we thought, Oh, it'd be cool if we got some pictures of him while he's doing these races. And, um, and so we just went to probably like a Best Buy or a, some similar store and we're like, okay, we'll just get a camera, a digital camera with a cool, awesome lens and all this stuff. So we, we bought one, you know, right? 20 times optical zoom or yes, digital zoom. Or, yeah. Right? And so we thought, oh, I thought, oh, this is so cool. So um, the first thing I did, I think I probably left it in the box for a couple of months, right? Like we had it, I maybe took it out a couple of times, but never did anything with it. And, uh, and then I realized like, okay, I should probably figure out how to use this. And my uncle is a photographer. And at the time he was teaching just like intro, you know, to digital photography classes um, at, you know, kind of this career center. And I thought, okay, well, I'll just take his class. Um, If he told this story, he would make so much fun of me because he, you know, I was here. I had no idea what I was doing with the camera and he's, you know, knowing me, he's like, come on, you should be able to figure this out. Um, But anyway, I took his class and then I realized like, oh, you can kind of, you can manipulate things. You can control things. It's not just a camera uh, that's giving you, you know, what you're looking for. You actually can control it and manipulate what you're trying to achieve. Um, and so after that, I kind of started taking a lot more classes. So I did a couple Photoshop classes and learned how to kind of do the basics there. Um, and then it just kind of over time kind of started, you know, very similar to probably a lot of people who, uh, you know, they're like, Oh, friends, I could take some pictures for you. Or what I did a lot of times was just make my friends be kind of like a model for me. I'm like, okay, you have kids. Let's, let's take some pictures. Let me try this out. Yeah. And so it started that way. And then after time kind of started to realize, okay, I can perfect this. I can get better at this. Um, upgraded my gear uh, eventually and uh, switched from, I think my first camera was at the time a Sony, which was at this at that point was not where it is today obviously <laughs> uh switched to nikon because my uncle shot nikon and I, he's like you can just borrow all of my you know my lenses and all that's of that's super nice yeah so yeah. it worked out really well and so that kind of started everything and then uh you know like many people at the time facebook was my main uh avenue for marketing myself um and and it just kind of took off and it was it was so fun it was wonderful that's- yeah. yeah. And I think that your story is so like 
a ton of other photographers where it's like you pick up a camera for one reason and all of a sudden it turns into, okay, now I need to know how to run a business. So I need to know how to do taxes and I know how to do marketing and all that stuff. So what was like the biggest struggle that you faced when you were like initially getting started, kind of that, that initial hurdle that you think you kind of experienced? I think the initial hurdle was probably, um, two, two things come to mind. One was just making sure that I got my name out there. So, you know, it started out thinking, well, I can just tell all my friends and that will, that will turn this into a business. Right. Um, and that works a little bit, I think in, in the beginning, but then you realize, okay, you actually really have to market yourself. Mm-hmm. You, just, you have to show off your work. You have to put yourself out there. Um, and that was a foreign thing for me. I mean, at the time, social media was not really what it, I mean, it wasn't even close to what it is today, right? Where people are sharing constantly and you're always putting yourself out there at the time. It was really none of that, you know, you would maybe share a couple pictures on Facebook. Um, Instagram didn't even exist. I'm probably showing, I guess my age a little bit here, but (laughs) Facebook was like it. So, um, and so I quickly realized like, okay, you have to figure out how to position yourself as a photographer, as a professional. Um, and I think the big hurdle there was shifting from, you know, only friends and kind of, you know, uh, you know, charging less because they're friends or family and shifting to the true professional where, you know, you're getting clients, true inquiries, people who you don't know personally, who are then seeking out your services. And I think that was truly when I realized like the first, you know, the first couple people who come in that you don't know, uh, that's when you realize like, okay, these efforts, you know, p- putting myself out there on Facebook mm-hmm. has actually worked well for me. So, um, and so I think that was probably the biggest hurdle um for that I experienced personally yeah yeah um when it came to you know kind of wanting to create iris was that solely out of personal necessity was that out of something else so it started out of personal necessity so I had this client who was a repeat client of mine and I adored them uh photographed them a couple of times and uh and they ended up using me, I think maybe three times and then hired me for a newborn session. Um, I kind of dropped the ball, uh, in terms of communicating expectations with that client and they got upset, uh, rightfully so the images were, you know, they met, met expectations when it came to the actual images, but in terms of delivery communication after the fact, um, I really disappointed them. And that was the moment that I realized I'm not running this the way I should be. And, um, for me personally, disappointing people is like the worst thing in the entire world. I I hate disappointing people. What I loved about photography was making people happy and, you know, giving them something that they've truly enjoyed and would treasure. And so when someone got upset with me about, you know, my lack of communication, essentially, I realized like, okay, Meredith, you are not organized. You are not, you know, making sure your clients are being treated properly and you're doing all of the things you're supposed, you're not checking off all the boxes essentially. Totally. So that was the initial reason I thought, okay, I got to get a system. And I went back to like my mindset when I was working in the hospital, it was like, we all, we had a system for everything. You know, that was the goal. So, um, so that was when I started exploring options and what I quickly realized was I hated all of the existing options in the marketplace. They were too confusing. They were more than what I needed. 
um, or they were just super expensive in my mind at the time, mm -hmm. you know, paying $50 a month for a system that was really geared towards, you know, the wedding photographers and not necessarily the portrait world. Um, I just thought, well, I don't need all of that. I just here, you know, here's kind of what I need. And that really then snowballed into creating Iris. Um, and then, you know, talking to a lot of my counterparts in the industry, I will realize quickly, okay, I'm not the only one who's seeking something or would, would benefit from something yeah. like this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then I know you mentioned too, you know, having kids and now all of a sudden you're thrusting two little ones into the mix and mm -hmm. now your time seems to diminish by tenfold. Right. So how did you kind of see the impacts of, you know, having those systems in place with also having a family, trying to run a business, all that stuff that everyday people have to deal with. And, you know, maybe they're not even a business owner, but they're, they're just stressed on time anyways. And now they're trying to also run a business with all that going on. How do you see kind of the workflows and having those systems in place as really being beneficial to those people or yourself? Yeah. Yeah, I think what was pretty awesome is as soon as we put Iris out there, um, the the big comment that we would always get is like, wow, this is like having an assistant for my business. Um, or like, I don't have to, I don't have to hire an assistant now. I feel like I'm getting my life back and getting time back because Iris can actually be doing things for you while you're out playing with your kids, you know? So, um, and for me personally, I think, I thrive on being busy. You know, I love to work. I think it, it just gives me, it's, it's my passion, right? So I love working. I love my kids too. Don't get me wrong. Those are, they're my passion as well. <laughs> but for me, I love that now my kids know like mommy works, mommy work, you know, mommy owns a business, mommy, um, you know, helps other photographers. And so I, I talk to them a lot about that. Um, and they just understand like, okay, mom might be a little bit busy. I still carve out the time for them. Um, you know, I learn how to shut things off and, and things like that. But, you know, I think as business owners, we have to kind of find what works for us. Everybody's situation is different. Um, but my hope is that Iris continues to offer those kind of benefits to not just moms, but I mean, busy photographers, right? Yeah. I mean, everybody, like I said, everybody kind of has their own story about, you know, what's going on in their life. They travel a lot. They, um, a lot of photographers are working more than just photography, right? They're working another job or um, trying to branch out into something else. And so we want to make sure that you know, we're giving the value back to people and, um, and that we're basically, we you know, we like to say we're giving you your life back. Um, you're able yeah. to run a business and enjoy what you love doing, but you're still able to, you know, do other things as well, whatever they may be. You mentioned that you love to work on the exact same way. Like it's, it's bad it, <laughs> at times. Um, it's hard to shut off. So, um, why do you think that, you know, people love being busy because I think, I think that there are people that just genuinely love to stay busy. Yeah. Um, that's a really good question. I know that I think part of why I love to stay busy is, I mean, I love the work that I'm doing. So I think, you know, people who just want to be busy to be busy, that might not, that might not be sustainable. Right. So I think, you know, for me, it was really important to find something that I was super passionate about and interested in. And now, like, I, I actually like coming to work. You know, if I look back on my life when I was at the hospital, 
Um, I hated it. I just, I liked the people, which is, I think, a big component of, of, your, of your work life, but I didn't enjoy the work itself. And, you know, I look back, um, you know, the Time Hop app. I don't know if you have the Time Hop app, but, you know, when you've got- I've, I've seen it, yeah. I don't know if I've ever installed it or whatever you need to it, do. It just, like, reminds you of, like, okay, 10 years ago yeah. today, here's what you shared on social media, which is kind of scary. But, um, you know, and there'll be things where I'm saying, oh, my gosh, I hate my job another awful day at the house, you know, things like that. And I think, gosh, I'm so glad I'm not in that position anymore. Um, so, but so one part of it, I think is, you know, when you find something that you truly love being busy, isn't a bad thing. Um, and I'd also think, you know, I truly love helping people and making people happy. Um, so when I hear, you know, that Iris is actually helping photographers all over the world now, you know, get their, get some part of their life back or make their business better or help them grow their business. It's just a huge, um, it's just very gratifying, I guess. And, uh, and I thrive on that. So if I'm extra busy because, you know, we're trying to make Iris better, there's a ton of, tons of reasons behind why we're doing it that continue to push me forward. Yeah. Well, I think, personally kind of my take on why people love to be busy is that it, it it has kind of a sense of of worth where all of a sudden you feel like you're actually doing something that's you know worthwhile for whether that be yourself or somebody else and and I think that kind of having that notion of just being busy like you said just to be busy um, where it's like if you need like you don't need to answer 20 emails that you could all automate just right. so that you can stay busy. Right. You have those workflows in place or those systems in place to really allow you to take back your time to exa- to do exactly what you said, which is to do what you love. Yeah. That's um, such a good point. Yeah. Some people like, uh, you know, thrive just on, I'm so busy. I'm so busy, but you can be, well, it's bu- almost like a badge of honor that they wear. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's like you, you can be busy without killing yourself at the same time, right? So you can still have, you know, those 20 emails, but you can actually put stuff in place where it's like, yeah, those 20 emails are getting handled while I am, you know, going on a date or I am, you know, spending the day at the pool or whatever, because you actually, you can be smart about it, right? So I think that's the important thing when people think they want to say, I'm so busy, I have so much work to do. It's like, well, that doesn't mean that you have to be killing yourself in the process, yeah. right? You can, you can still thrive um, in life without having to be and still be busy, right? And still have that, that workflow um, or that workload, I guess, that supports that growing business. Yeah. Well, I think, I think there's an important point to differentiate too, which is that being busy with kind of minute tasks is not a good thing to do. Being busy with larger picture items is a really good thing to do. There's always that you always want to be working towards kind of that big picture goal. Right. But it's those small tasks that slow you down from reaching that big picture goal. Yeah, that's so true. And people that tend to lose sight then of the big picture goal when they're so focused on all of those kind of minuscule tasks. Yeah. Um, You mentioned also turning off for kids and stuff like that. Um, did you struggle with doing that initially? Oh gosh, yeah. I mean, I think that's taken a solid couple years to get to that point. And I'm not 
totally great at it. So if you asked Drew, he'd be like, you're always on your phone. (laughs) And so I do, but I do try, you know, I, um, I am the one typically who, you know, puts my, my kid, my daughter on the bus and I get my son off to school and then I pick them up at the end of the day. Um, you know, my husband's job doesn't offer as much flexibility in terms of where, when he can be where. Um, and so then, you know, I put the, you know, do dinner, spend time with the kids before bed, put them to bed. And then, you know, sometimes I got to turn work back on. Um, but I try not to, you know, I try to be super efficient when I'm here um, I have a great team around me now that, um, you know, in the beginning, it was just me for a long time. Yeah. And that was really hard because I had, you know, my son was, oh gosh, not even two years old when I launched Iris, I guess. If I'm doing, yeah, it's hard to think back that far. I know that sounds so silly. He's only five. Um, I was about to say, I was like, it's only a few years ago, right? Yeah, right. Uh, time when you have kids, you know, like your brain just doesn't work the same way anymore. Um, but so, you know, he, he was, he was little, my daughter was young. They weren't in school all the time. And, uh, and so I was working constantly, you know, I've been called a workaholic more times than I'd probably like to say, but, um, but again, I loved it and it was exciting and people were responding to what we had. And so I think, again, I thrive off of that. And so over time I've learned, you know, okay, Mary, it's okay to delegate. Um, I'm terrible at that. But now that I have a team, you know, everybody kind of knows, okay, this is my project. This is my area of the business that I own. Um, and we've got great people around us. So, you know, I trust them and they can, they can run with projects, manage them and do a great job. And then that gives me a little bit more flexibility in terms of, you know, getting out the door on time to pick up the kids and things like that and, and being able to shut off slightly. Yeah. How did you learn to shut off? Was it having people that you were hiring and kind of delegating with, or what was that kind of moment where you're like, this is what I need to do to shut off? Yeah. Um, so shut off is probably a really strong term because I don't know that I ever actually can shut off. Let's say, let's step away because I'm the exact same way. I I can't shut off. I'm always, it's, it's always going. So let's just say like step away. Yeah. So I think it it probably wasn't even really until this last year that I felt um, okay to do it. And I think part of it is when you have, when you have a sense of ownership over something, um, you know, you want to make sure that no ball gets dropped and everything is running smoothly. And I think for me, the, the hard part was doing Iris in the beginning by myself, essentially. Um, I did, I did everything, you know, and so I had to make sure that no, none of the balls, you know, hit the ground. And, um, and over time, I think my team has been pretty good about being like, go like you you have a family vacation go we got it taken care of and they don't contact me unless they absolutely have to during that time so i think having the support there um in place has been super helpful and so i am able to kind of step back at times um and then you know just you just have to trust people and so you know finally kind of was able to say all right you've got this team in place you hired these people for a reason they're dedicated And so trust them that when you are away, they're taking care of stuff and they do a wonderful job. So we've been very lucky in that area. When I think a lot of photographers listening, it comes down to exactly what you said. You want to have ownership of what you're 
right. putting out. You don't want to drop a ball. You want to make sure that everything is exactly how you want it to be. Um, so how do you learn to find that trust with people that they're going to do a job that's, you know, up to, up to your standards? So I think, uh, it's a, it's a big internal struggle because, um, you know, you have to, you do have to put hundred percent trust in someone else or be comfortable in coaching people to say, okay, Hey, this is, this is great. Um, let's think about, you know, doing things a little differently next time, or let's, did you think about how we could maybe improve upon something? So I think part of it is, you know, you have to force yourself out of that comfort zone initially. Um, and a lot of times people will say, well, I could just do it. I could just do it myself. I could just do it. And for a long time, that's what I would say. Well, I can just do it. I can do it myself. I could be faster. I could, I could do it better. Um, but as your business grows, you have to focus kind of like what you're saying, you have to focus on that big picture and make sure that you're trying to drive your business forward. And so su surrounding yourself with the people who support that vision and want to continue to um, help that business you know, develop and grow is super important. You have to, you just have to let go of some things and, and trust in other people. So it's, it's a, it's not like an easy thing. At least it wasn't for me. Um, you know, and everybody's different, but, uh, delegating is a hard thing. I think it uh, is. Yeah. yeah. Whether, you know, that be editing or who's right. going to handle your payroll or taxes well, or whatever. Yeah. I think editing is the, the biggest, you know, thing that I could compare it to is it's, it's your work, right? So handing that off to somebody else and giving up in, in a sense, the control in a way, right. Um, is important, but if you are being clear about your expectations, you are outlining, okay, this is, here's, here's what I like, here's what I don't like when you're talking with someone about editing, you know, having that open dialogue is crucial in any kind of working relationship. And so, you know, people freak out about outsourcing editing and it's like, I get it, I get it, but there's ways to do it where it can actually benefit you. And just think of the time you save on something like that even. I mean, yeah. Huge. Well, I was just on. It was just on another real talk. We were talking about this, and it's. I did the math one day, and it was in order to or outsource my editing for the entire year for like every single client. It was like I needed to book like one or two additional clients, and I was like, that is a no brainer in my book. Right. Like, there's no. From a business mindset, it makes zero sense not to be outsourcing or delegating tasks. Right. It, it makes zero sense. Um, and so, you know, why do you think people struggle with kind of getting over that hurdle or how do they get over that hurdle of, of trusting and, and wanting to make it a business decision versus an artist decision? And I, I think that is the biggest struggle in general for photographers and artists, you know, our, our brains, are, they work that way, right? We focus on the art. It's very hard to shift and focus on the business side as well. And so, um, you know, I think it's one of those things you just, you have to step out of your comfort zone. And I think as a business owner, if you're not willing to do that from time to time, you, you might not succeed, right? You're going to, you're going to prevent yourself from moving forward if you're not willing to step out of your comfort zone. And so, Again, I think something like that where you're, you're outsourcing your editing or your, your, um, your books, your, your emails and things like that, um, you have to take the risk. There's a risk in being an entrepreneur. 
Um, and I think, I think that is the key word actually. Now that I said this out loud, photographers don't see themselves always as entrepreneurs, you know, and you are, you are a business owner. You started a, your own business and you have to, you got to cut sometimes shift into that mindset where you're willing to take a risk. You're willing to, um, trust in others. You're willing to, um, do things that will potentially grow your business and, you know, things like, like editing or outsourcing, um, your books and using a system for things frees up your time to focus on the big picture items and growing your business. And, you know, how do I go from $50,000 to $100,000 next year? And, you know, how do you truly live off of this dream that you've created for yourself? So, um, yeah, it's just a, it's a hurdle for, I think for everybody, um, not just creatives probably, but especially with creatives. Yeah. Um, what's a risk that you've personally taken in your business or, or life even? Uh, I think the biggest risk was starting Iris. I mean, it was, um, people ask, I think some people expect like this. I had a dream to have my own business. Um, I have a background in software. You know, I think they expect that story. Um, I kind of sometimes look back and think, you know, like what the hell was I thinking? <laughs> um, at times, right. Because it, you know, I didn't have, I'm not a developer. Um, I never had this dream of I'm going to own a software company or even I'm going to own a business with employees and, you know, yeah. and put myself out there. It was not anything like that. And so I think that was, I mean, that's hands down the biggest risk I think I've ever taken. Um, and then, you know, we take risks all the time here um, in terms of, you know, prioritizing things. You know, we, we get so much feedback from our users, from potential customers of, Hey, this, this would be awesome. And we have to take all of those things into account. And then the risk is, okay, we hear this. We also have this big vision of where we want to go as a company and what, um, you know, we have ideas of things that we think will make Iris even better and more intuitive. And so we kind of have to balance all of that. And I think it's, you know, so it's, there's a risk all the time in terms of, you know, if we go with what a user suggested and put off something else, there's a risk involved there and then vice versa. But, um, the biggest risk was hands down deciding like, yeah, I'm going to start a software company. And, uh, I will have, I will say, um, I've learned more than I ever thought I was capable of in this process. So I think, you know, being open, to uh, just to learning and to feedback from others and taking people's advice um, is something I think entrepreneurs have to focus on and, um, and be open to. And also knowing when not to take advice. Mm -hmm. You get a lot of, you got a lot of feedback from people um, and it's not always the right input or advice. So, yeah. yeah. Well, I think they, you kind of hit it right on the head where you say that you were, you learn more than you ever thought you were capable of learning. Yeah. And I think that that only comes from putting yourself in an uncomfortable position. Oh, absolutely. I think that, that only comes by taking risks because if you go the safe route, everything's super comfortable. Everything is, you know, it's that nice, perfect temperature hot tub that you like to get in. You know, you're not going to get burnt, but you also know that you're not going to, learn to adjust to it over time. And it just kind of becomes that 
place where you're stuck in the middle because you're not really going backwards, but you're also not really going forwards. If that yeah, happens. yeah, there's no growth involved, right? So if you're mm-hmm. not willing to take some sort of risk or um, try something new or be open to things, you'll never, you'll never be able to grow um, the way that you're truly capable of. And I think, um, you know, I've surprised myself, and I think a lot of people do when they actually kind of open up that door and say, "All right, I'm gonna." I'm going to be open to this. I'm going to try something different. I'm going to um, take a risk. And you really do get the opportunity to kind of learn about yourself and then challenge yourself in ways that you probably didn't think you could. So, yeah. What's most important to you about having your own business? Um, I mean, the bottom line is I love making other people happy. And so with, with Iris, um, that's kind of always my goal. And that's why I, why it's, Iris is important to me. We're truly helping other people. Um, being a business owner, I think, again, I never set out to say like, I'm going to be the owner of a company. Um, but you know, I love, there's, there is some flexibility that comes along with it. Um, not a lot at this point, but there is some. And I think um, most importantly, it's, it's helping other people and seeing their businesses succeed because of what we're doing here. And so that, again, it's very gratifying. Um, and it kind of goes back to why I love photography so much is I loved being able to provide something to someone that you know, made them happy. I know that sounds kind of elementary, but um, that's that's what's important here, and that's why I think I've I love it as much as I do. Yeah. Um, looking outside of photography business stuff, what are you like passionate or obsessed with right now? Oh gosh, I don't know. Um, <laughs> that's a oh, I wasn't expecting a question like that. Um. I mean, family is, is probably my biggest passion outside of, um, out of business and, you know, definitely comes before business. I have three sisters, all of which I'm super close with. Um, and so I think, you know, family and just, I think as you get older, you continue to realize the importance of family, um, and you know, how special life is in general. Um, you know, you get older and you're, parents get older and their friends are getting older and you, you know, uh, you see that life can throw curveballs. And so I think, you know, I'm super passionate about, uh, you know, family and making sure time is well spent with family, uh, because it's, it's precious. Life is precious. And, um, unfortunately it can, it can be taken away. So, yeah. How do you keep those relationships strong? Um, so I think, you know, you have to, again, you have to make the time for it. And I will say, um, I have gotten upset with myself, I guess, when I've realized like, oh gosh, I haven't, I haven't reached out to so-and-so in a while, or I haven't seen someone in a while. And so I think you have to kind of carve out time for it and make sure that you're putting forth an effort there. And, you know, being a business owner, it can be all consuming, and so, um, you know, you have to kind of force yourself to, you know, take a kind of step back and say, all right, let me, um, let me make sure I'm focusing on other areas of my life too, not just not becoming that workaholic that truly doesn't do anything outside of that. So, um, but you know, I, I'm super lucky that I've 
I grew up with a great family. Um, I married into a great family. And so I think it's, um, you know, and I want to instill that in my kids. You know, I hope that as my kids get older, they, they don't, you know, run off and never talk to us again. And um, we're lucky right now. They both say they're going to live with us forever. <laughs> I'm not so sure I want that. Give them another like, you know, 10 years or so. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, I know it probably won't even be that with our daughter. Um, a couple years, she'll be like, all right, I'm out. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I just, you know, you hope that you can kind of carry forward that, um, that notion that, you know, family really is important and friends and, um, you know, just having that support system in place. Like I wouldn't without my family and my friends, Iris probably would not be where it is because, um, you know, you got to have that support system in place. And I think yeah. family and friends are super important for that. Um, where do you kind of see yourself going next, whether that be personal goals, business goals? Oh, I mean, I think a lot of, um, my goals right now are all around the business. Um, you know, we, we want to continue to, to make Iris better than it is. Um, and you know, we think it's pretty good, but we also know that we have a lot of ways that we can make it even better. And, um, and really one of the premier systems for photographers and creatives. And so, um, you know, a lot of the goals are centered around growing Iris and, and making it better. And, um, you know, personally, I think I'd like to find even more balance between work and, and home. Um, and, you know, we're constantly, I think, as we continue to grow as a team, I'm able to slowly, you know, make progress towards that goal, too. So those are kind of the two goals, I think. And, um, you know, continue to modify them as things come up. But, yeah. Yeah. I love it. Um, as we kind of wrap up. If you could give three lessons that you've learned kind of along the road, whether that be things that you've learned personally or things that you've learned professionally, what are three kind of lessons or pieces of advice that you've learned that you want to instill upon others that are listening or watching? So I think first would be um, make sure you have your support system in place. Um, like I said, Iris wouldn't be anything if I didn't have you know, my family and friends around me. And so I've, unfortunately, you've, I've seen and, and know of people who didn't have that support system or um, maybe thought they did, but didn't truly have it. And, um, you know, it's very hard and can be very lonely as an entrepreneur. So I think you want to make sure you've got that support system and network in place. So, um, you know, luckily the photography community is such a tight knit community and, uh, and so many photographers are willing to share and, and be open. So, you know, find those people, um, and make sure that you surround yourself with them. Um, another lesson, oh gosh, see, I wish I would have like thought about this ahead of time. So I'd have these really eloquent answers. Um, you know, learn, learn to delegate, learn that, um, it's okay that you can't do all of it all the time. Um, and I think, especially if you, if you are a parent, um, you know, you've got to make sure that you have some sort of balance there. Um, but delegate where you can, um, and know that it's okay to not be able to do it all, all the time and do it perfectly. Um, because it's just not, that's not normal, right? It's not normal to it's be not. Um, and then I think, you know, don't be afraid to take risks in your business. I think, um, you know, if I didn't, if I wouldn't have taken a risk five years ago, um, 
I don't know if I'd be happy where I am today. You know, I, um, I was not a great photographer, by the way. Like I never looked at myself and thought like, wow, you're talented. You're going to go somewhere. I, that was fine. Um, and I did enjoy it, but I think, um, you know, I don't know if I would have thrived enough to, to have that feeling of, um, purpose long-term for myself personally. And so I think you want to make sure that, you know, you're, you're pushing yourself and you take some risks, even if you're not sure how it's going to pan out. Um, because you never know where you might, where you might end up, I guess. So. I love it. Um, we're going to end, I'm going to have you ask our, our viewers and listeners a question, but first, where can people connect with you on social and on the web? Yeah. So, uh, I'm on Facebook. I'm, I'm happy to connect with anybody on Facebook and Instagram. Um, and then you can find Iris, iris-works.com. Um, just search Iris on, uh, Instagram or Facebook and definitely connect with us. We love to connect with, with lots of photographers. So yeah. I love it. Um, if you guys are listening to the podcast, go ahead, take a screenshot really quick, whether that be listening through iTunes or Spotify or whatever, um, tag at, it's just at Iris works, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Uh, tag at Iris works at senior style guide at Sean Brown productions. And then if you also want to tag Meredith, you can do that too. Um, and we'll, we just want to see what your answer to this question is, but make sure that you are answering that question. Um, cause we'd love to hear with you and just get the opportunity to connect with you all. So what is that one question that you want to ask people that are listening or watching today that they're going to answer down in the comment section or, or over Instagram DM? Um, Okay. So just one question from me. About one question. I know it's um, a tough one. It is. Uh, oh, there's a couple that I would ask. How about um, what is the biggest risk that you have taken in your business as of yet? And if you haven't taken a risk yet, uh, do you see yourself being able to do that and actually take a risk? Perfect. I think that's a perfect way to wrap up. Yeah. So thank you so much for being on. I always enjoy, you know, having the opportunity to connect with you. And I think that you're one of those people that you have bigger visions. And I think that you're also helping people along the way, which I think is the most important where um, it's personally fulfilling, but also fulfilling for others as well and allowing them to do what they want to do. So thank you for that. Yeah. Thank you. This was fun. Awesome. Until next time, we'll see you guys. That wraps it up for this episode of the Senior Style Guide Real Talk podcast. We are so excited that you guys are joining us and just want to say a heartfelt thank you. I know that there are so many podcasts out there that you guys have the option to listen to, and it really means the world that you're joining us and giving us a part of your day and really just joining in on part of the conversation and, and the community. In addition, make sure that you guys are joining us over on Facebook and the Senior Style Guide group over there, where photographers from all throughout the country contribute, give their input and their advice and their experiences to help other photographers learn and grow. We'd love for you to join us over there as well. So all you have to do is search Senior Style Guide on Facebook, ask to be added to the group, and we'll make sure that you guys get to be a part of the conversation over there. If you haven't had a chance to hit that subscribe button below, please take a second to do that really quick. What that does is it makes sure that you guys keep up to date on all of the content that we're putting out there. We have tons of Real Talk episodes coming to you guys throughout the year from leaders and other photographers that you would love to hear from. So we want to make sure that you do not miss a single episode of that. So go ahead and hit that subscribe button below. 
Thank you guys for joining us, and we cannot wait to have you as part of the listening experience for future podcasts. Looking forward to seeing you guys on the next episode, and we'll see you around. Thank you.